everyone and welcome to episode 65 65 of utopia to me with me your host chris Locke. how's it going all right good to see you i can see all of you outside i'm looking out my window and you're all looking up at me too with torches what the heck and daytime too why would you need torches during the beautiful sunny almost it is autumn first day of autumn day huh take it easy put them out put them in the horse troughs full of water that so you can put them out Look, this episode I'm really excited for. Such a great time hanging out with the super hilarious Jackie Cation. All right, Jackie Cation. And we met for the first time uh, this summer at JFL. Uh, we did Andy Kindler's show together. And then and then we got to hang out for a while in Winnipeg for Oblock Festival. And I saw her do stand-up so much. And she's amazing. And you'll notice in the beginning of the podcast, I ca- pronounce her last name Cashian. And I'm a perfectionist, man. I I freaking blew it. I'm, I've been fixating it on ever since. We, we, we recorded this a while ago, and I've been fixating on it. Oh, my God. I can't believe I screwed up her name. But she's amazing, and we talk about so much fun stuff, and uh, so many books are mentioned in this episode, and I'm a book freak. I love books. I don't read that much, but I love being surrounded by books. Uh, ask my wife. And there you go. And so this is going to be a great episode, super fun. But yeah, you guys, I see you outside. Put these, uh, put this episode on in your earbuds. Go for a long walk. Put on some nice New Balance sneakers, maybe, maybe some sweat shorts, maybe some Lululemon pants. A nice, uh, not even a hoodie. I don't even know if it's hoodie weather. If it's hoodie weather, where you are, put on a hoodie. You know, or if it's hey, you could be in the Arctic. Put on a parka, or you could be on the beach. Put on literally nothing and watch out for the jellyfish. But listen to this episode because it's really fun. And we're going to dive in right now. Episode 65 with the amazing Jackie Cation. Here you go. Enjoy. I'm using your gear. Right. You got your own Zoom, though. Yeah, I got my own Zoom. But look at this. It's got the uh, black tape on the back. Like it's. Oh, but, but yeah, mine fell off, too. They're, they're crap, but- I guess. Well, they just fall off. I don't think they're crap. I think that they're an amazing device that uh, is far more than any comic has ever needed for a podcast in their old damn life. I feel so guilty now about dissing something that's scientific. It's got feelings. It's, it's yeah. alive. It's recording our feelings. Um, yeah, no, I'm crap in how I handle technology. <laughs> that's what it is. Like my phone's got, you know, syrup all over it. Did you get um, syrup on your phone? I, it's sticky. It's gross. Something's happened. I eat food near it and then touch it. Right. <laughs> right. I have... There is always... <laughs> I'm constantly dropping food on myself. It is not... I don't find it attractive. I don't want to tell anyone about it, but I just did. No, that makes me feel better because I'm the kind of guy that's just about to do something and then the salsa falls on my shirt. Right. Like, I'm always that guy. Anything. Mm-hmm. Beef stains. I'm trying to not, not to eat beef now, but... Do you know Amy, who's at this festival? Um, Amy Cunningham, blonde uh, hair. She's tall, um, very thin. There's two tall, thin Amys. Oh, really? Okay, I don't think it's Cunningham. Uh, she's Amy she was, Bug. Amy Bug, that's She's it. from Calgary. Okay, yeah. She, uh, she did two shows that I was in, and I got to see this great joke she did last night about uh, how she's just thin and she just she likes a beef soup and then someone it's a long joke about how someone eventually explains to her that it's just gravy <laughs> and uh but she's super is her metabolism must be really fast yeah because, uh, but i don't i don't feel like she drops anything on her she looks she looks kind of together yeah she looks like like she probably doesn't she gets all stuff. that beef soup in there nice you and i <laughs> Or me, for sure. There's always just like, I oh, no. and I'm like, we're, we're in this together? Yeah. Okay. We're both sloppy pigs swimming That's in a trough. <laughs> exactly. I'm just, I just, <laughs> I just uh, couldn't, uh, yes. It's clearly not getting into my face fast enough. And I just gotta <laughs> rub it on my body. So. Uh, that happens to me. And you're right. Uh, you can't, uh, I, I always am envious of people that can eat heavy foods, salty foods, and then still be thin and... And really good looking. Like or or clothes hang on them, yeah, real nice. <laughs> yeah, nice hanging shirts. Good, yeah. Then you look like a hanger. Good work. <laughs> that's how that clothes were. Those clothes were supposed to. Yeah, be Yeah, that's displayed. what they should do at the Gap. Good hang on that shirt. 
Yeah, I'm the kind of guy, I put on weight when I blow up a balloon. Like, stuff's coming out of me. I'm not even putting anything in my mouth, right, and I got fat. the somehow got sucked into your own body, <laughs> and then part of your metabolism. Yeah. Um, so, I should say that uh, I'm talking to Jackie Cashian. It's Cashian. Cashian. Yeah, like sorry. vacation. A lot of people like to ethnic it up. I'm it sorry. No, it is ethnic. I, I, and I've heard it as Cashian a lot, and I still got nervous and screwed it up. You got nervous. It's... Uh, I'm just passing for white. I mean, that's my whole thing is that I'm Armenian. But we only met this summer in Montreal at Andy's show. At Andy Kindler's alt show. Yeah. That was great. I really loved watching you and uh, it was a really fun show. Oh, thanks. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, you too. It was really, that was a fun show. Yeah. Start to finish, that was a... In a a theater covered in skulls. Right. And a weird kind of punk, but Montreal punk. It always makes me think whatever Montreal punk rock. It it feels just there is a, little a different too classy. Yeah, a little too shiny to be true punk. Yeah, there's sort of scary metal head punks there. Yeah, does that make sense? Like real scully. Yeah, real metally. It's real. Does it feel real? Why am I does saying it, the word real? Ah, I don't know. Well, no, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> I I keep insisting that it that it isn't real. That it's somehow because it's French. They're not going to just shiv you. They're going to somehow destroy you with words. Wait, hold and, on. Cation, yeah. cation, cation. That's how I learn. Vacation. I say it about five times. No, no, no vey. Do you do that when you meet someone and you say their name five times, like in your head, to make sure? Oh, does that help? It helps me. I'm really bad with names. Oh. And even if I'm saying someone's name that I know their name, I still get scared that I'm saying it wrong. Wow. Yeah, I do it all the time. That's a committee meeting going on in your brain box. My brain is messed. <laughs> your brain is constantly uh, to order, to order. Everybody, <laughs> Robert's rules. <laughs> We're my, in Chris's. Chris's brain has got some. Yeah, my brain is pig swimming in a trough. You ever read the minutes back from yesterday? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm like, oh god. I do. I because it takes practice to stop the minutes to just keep rolling and rolling and rolling. And you're like, no, I, 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 we heard the minutes. We don't need to hear the minutes again yeah 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 no my minutes are always like hmm, should i email these people to apologize <laughs> <laughs> second guessing yeah weird um but uh so yeah we've only met this just this summer um but you're very nice we had breakfast together the other morning we and, did with kate berland kate berland i felt very comfortable with you guys you're yeah. very nice people yeah, it was mellow it was, it was mellow like, it was a very nice that was a good breakfast place i like that place yeah. it was like a polishy russian pierogi breakfast place here in winnipeg yeah and we're in winnipeg now yeah we're in winnipeg we did the odd block or oh, one more show tonight um yeah having a lot of fun there was something on the menu that i didn't know how to understand i wish i could remember it now this morning or last last time at the polish the place yeah it was like bert quok or something it was a dish named after the guy who played cato on the pink panther <laughs> 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 uh, no, I forget what it was, but it was sounded something like that. Right. But uh, let's talk about before we get into your utopian world. You've been on Conan. I got to be on Conan. I seem to be on a two-year rotation. We say hopefully yeah. as we come up on my two years. Um, I would like to be on again because yeah. I was on. It was. It was. It wasn't this January. I think it was the previous January that I was on, and then I was on two Januarys before, or Februarys, was something like that. Cool. And so I've been on twice. I've been on late night television two times, and it was really cool. Nice. And I would like to do it again if anyone's listening. Oh, I can help with that big time. Oh, oh good. A small fry from Toronto. Finally, Conan. The, 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 the <laughs> Toronto connection. Yeah. That uh, we didn't know about between yeah. you and Seth Myers. That's how I call him, Conan. Um, but yeah, that's nice. But you've been, you say you started in the eighties, but you count the, all the eighties as one year, but you've been it's like true. road dogging it for quite a while. For some time. Yeah. yeah. Like, um, I always had a day job, but I always had these cool day jobs that would let me go for the weekend. And then, um, like they would let me take Thursday and Friday off in Minneapolis when I started doing the road kind of hardcore, uh, in 93 or 94. Yeah. I worked at a, a hippie a catalog, like uh, T-shirts and uh, posters and bumper stickers and buttons and stuff. And they were all so groovy that when I was like, man, I got to do my art, uh, they were like, okay, I guess you could take Thursday and Friday and then you could work 
longer days on Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. Yeah. And because I was, I was the customer service person at Northern Sun Merchandising. Northern Sun. Northern Sun. It was a hippie-ish company. It was hippie skippy, pro-life. Uh, pro-life. Uh, <laughs> well, pro, like- <laughs> well, we were in favor of life in the fact that we were against the war. Uh, we've always been against the war. <laughs> yeah. Pro-life can mean so much. Why did it yeah. get pigeonholed to just I, mean abortion? I don't know abortions. why they get that term. Why do they get it? Because Take we're also, the pro-life We were back. pro-choice. Yeah, let's take back that word. Pro-life. And, uh, let's take back the night, you guys. And uh, yeah, so it was, it, yeah, it was, I went to, I would take these calls from people because I did a lot of the phone work too. And one of them, this woman was like, you guys, you guys are the devil and you're, it's this and that. And they said, um... I bet you would eat a fetus or something. It was like the worst thing. And I said, yes. And I just I just snapped. And I was like, yes. Have you ever had sun-dried fetus on a nice bed of pasta? It's to die for. Yeah. And, uh, and I actually said that over the phone uh, to a customer. And the thing about Northern Sun Merchandising, um, my boss thought that was funny. Nice. Mm-hmm. That's the, that is the perfect job. It was a great job. And it was a great job for a comic um, and then hippies. And then he paid a fair wage because he was supposed to be that guy. Yeah. And so on the whole, that was a perfect job for doing stand-up. Nice. Yeah. That was Good in, springboard. Like, yeah, 93 to like 96 or 7. And or like hippies like understand the road because they're like deadheads and stuff usually. <laughs> Right. right. They're half in the bag almost all the, I mean, the fact that there was at one point he hired a manager who was his brother and his brother cut down these trees that were in the back and this guy Sven who worked there yeah. said, "Hey, so you cut those trees down?" And uh and the manager goes, "Yeah, yeah, I just uh I, I, I don't like that." And Sven said, "Well, now the he said there was a lot of people smoking pot back there, and I just think it'd be better to have that open and, and not. And he's like, no, it just means that people are going to watch us smoke pot back there, man. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> the manager guy was like, yeah, I'd really like it if you didn't smoke pot back there. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, we're probably going to smoke pot back there anyway, man. And yeah, <laughs> can you put was, the trees back? <laughs> right, and then, of course... Two of the uh, two of my other coworkers uh, were these tr- tree hugging, like full on. Why did you kill those trees? <laughs> so you're like, oh wow. But were, were you like that? Were I you a pot never... smoker? Did you love trees, or you just no. got the job? I just got the job. Uh, my brother got me the job. I kept the job. Was I, he a hippie dude? He was. Uh, he was really good friends with the owner, and so he got me the job. But I, um, my uh, drug of choice was booze. Yeah. So I, would, I I didn't like smoking pot because I genuinely I fall asleep, yeah, and that really affects productivity. Uh, but drinking on the job never did, never did. There was a place called the Poodle Club, Kitty Corner. I'd go over to a shot and a beer, around two or three. Yeah, and I'd work till six. Uh, not every day, but uh, many days, many days. And uh, <laughs> who doesn't want a shot and a beer? The yeah, the day. And. Um, all of that puts me to sleep now, though. All, oh, yeah, I'm done all, now. All of it. Yeah, I'm done It's now. crazy. Yeah. Yeah, the whole cliche about stoners, potheads, not getting anything done is super real for me. It's real for me, too. It, it, yeah. it clearly is not real for the half a dozen incredibly successful comics I know who smoke all the time. Yeah. And all I, day, probably. I kind of envy that. There's part of me that, well, there's, I don't envy it so much as think to myself, could they cure cancer? Oh like right! If they weren't stoned, what? Right, because they're they're the ones that are still so sharp, even though they're smoking stoned every second. All the time, you're yeah, just yeah. like you could probably figure out how the pyramids were built if you were not high. <laughs> yeah, ninety two percent of the time. Yeah, because we need more pyramids. Well, yeah, how are we going to make more pyramids <laughs> if we never figure out how those first ones were made, you guys? <laughs> no, but instead they get super high and just think about the conspiracies between, <laughs> like that, like between behind the right. pyramids, like aliens right. did there it or something. That shouldn't be happening at all. That's cool. Mm-hmm. So, man, so many. You must have the best road stories. Do you have anything you can share off the top of your head before well, we get going? You know, going? I just have the regular. You know, and then I, I, you know, I do that the comedy show. I do a comedy pod with um, Lori Kilmartin over at Nerdist. Called yeah. the Jackie and Lori show. Oh. And then I do my podcast, The Dork Forest. Dork Forest. Dork yeah. Forest doesn't ever talk about comedy, so there's never any comedy stories. Yeah. I think I was just reminded of one. Okay, so if you're listening, check out 
uh, the Dork Forest. If yeah. you want to hear comics and other people. Dork and Jackie out. and Laurie. And Jackie and Laurie on Nerdist. Yeah. And that's entirely stand-up comedy. If you want to go down a rabbit hole of... Yeah, because she's been around for a really long, a few yeah. decades too, right? Do you guys start We are near... four days apart in age. Oh, wow. And we started... She started in 89. Yeah. Which means that she counts the 80s as one year as well. Yeah. I started in 84, but the club burned down in 85. How, that, you started young then, in 84? Mm-hmm. That's crazy. I was 19. I was possibly the youngest 19-year-old you've ever met in your life. That's a way different environment, those stand- comedy clubs, than they are now. Yeah. The six male comics that I started out with, and the club was owned by Bill Kennison, Sam Kennison's brother. Yeah. And it was just... It was a it was a cacophony of dick jokes and just a every flat surface had coke on it or a coke cocaine joke on it. Wow. Uh, there was no. Yeah. <laughs> it was, and there do you want to no, do a, some coke? No. Uh, How about a cocaine joke? There's a cocaine joke that's sitting behind <laughs> that phone right there. Do you want that one? And uh, <laughs> and so it was. I mean, it was. I literally came into stand up comedy thinking, oh, that's what comics are like. Uh, no, no, that is not what comics have to be like. It turns yeah. out they don't have to be coked up. They don't have to be cheating on their wives. And they don't have to be um, all the time high and drunk and filthy and just enormously sexually explicit. It's just dumb. Yeah, yeah. I think I'm lucky because uh, I started really getting going in this phase, which I feel like a fa- it's more uh, calm business. Like most comics like exercise Eat healthy. Well, because back in the 80s. Go home after the show. (laughs) Remember in 84, if you were a comic who was famous on television, you were a troll. I mean, you were like... uh, When I first started doing stand-up comedy, the people who did stand-up were either um, monumentally unattractive in some way, shape, or form, or completely insane. And and so those were your two choices. (laughs) Like it was Sam Kinison... Like, yeah. the f- but then Hollywood would get a hold of you and hose you off and cut your hair and put you in a decent suit, yeah. and then, and then you would look better, which um, you could do with men, but you really couldn't do that with women. Like, <laughs> like the women, the nine women who did stand-up comedy that I would ever meet, some of them were better looking than others. There was a really good-looking woman, the first woman I ever saw do stand-up. Her name, uh, her real name is Vanda Mikulowski, and she does stand up now. Oh yeah, she does like this Crystal Clutcher kind of woo woo hippie skippy stand up. It's amazing uh, that she's still doing it. Yeah, but is it funny? Yeah, yeah, it's funny. Yeah, it's also it's also uh, kind of a uh, speakery, you know, um, where it's it's. Is it about empowering empowerment yeah, like through empathetic. crystals or something? Well, I think she makes because she's a comic. She makes fun of all that stuff, right? But she also believes it. But the message still gets out. Yeah, because she's she's twisted up in it. She's a freaking DNA helix of <laughs> both uh, hippie skippy stuff and stand up comedy. Cool. And so when she started, she was a babe. But she was a super fox. Yeah, she yeah. looked like um, she looked like Madonna in that in that movie. <laughs> Where everybody, it was like when fake punk clothes were in in the eighties. Like there were the ripped lace gloves and oh yeah, and and chunky clogs. I have never. <laughs> I don't remember chunky does clogs. Fashion, you guys. Uh, let it never be. <laughs> Lacy gloves and chunky clogs. That can't possibly be right. <laughs> I picture that stuff spilling out of someone's suitcase. Like I'm going to it's perform. Right there, the, right. They've closed their suitcase, and just a glove is hanging out of it. And they've closed it anyway. Quickly, quickly! I have to get to the next gig. Why is it so heavy? It's my chunky clogs. Uh, who do you think broke the seal on being hot in comedy? Right. I wonder. Oh, How did that happen? I'm like not a hot comedian. I'm not a hot comedian. There's, uh, but there were. I started because I'm weird. I think. Well, I yeah, I mean, th- it's my theory on the new hot comedians now is that the reason they get to do stand-up, the reason they're funny at all, is because they, um, this is, uh, I, I am not a scientist, this is my theory, is that they um, were raised on like Adderall. I mean, they were raised on Prozac and, and all these mind-altering drugs, uh, like the ki- things to calm them down when they were kids. I don't know what they 
like I I I, the, I was just beat and then shoved in a corner as a child, right? They're like, hey, uh, too much energy uh, and a lot of feelings. Uh, go sit over there because you're interrupting class. Now they junk them up, right? Now they yeah. give kids um, meds and stuff. And yeah. so those meds happen when they're like eight. When they turn 18 or 16, they start doing pot and drinking because they're people and uh, 16 or 18. And then it mixes with their psych meds and yeah. it genuinely drives them mad. And then that. So most hot comics are mad in the mind. Now. Now there's a whole brave new world of super fox uh, comics <laughs> who are just completely bananas and batshit. And uh, I kind of love that. It's I don't know. They're really they got good dental. Yeah, uh, things are. <laughs> they but they're and they're very fit. Yeah, uh, because everyone's raised now to be you. You want to be super fit, and people have good dental, and then. And then the mix of these, those two, all those drugs together, kind of make them a little paranoid. They've got anxiety. Their minds are spinning. Uh, that creates some uh, some funny funny uh, premises, in my opinion. Yeah, you're right. It's more <clears throat> neuroses driven. Right. Uh, yeah. Sometimes you I don't have to look like Woody Allen. <laughs> but it's true. Like uh, coming up in comedy. Uh, yeah, I'm influenced by all those guys, and then. Uh, you know, um, now when I, I haven't done like Conan yet or anything like that. And when I look at who has, it's like a lot of the times it's handsome, svelte guys in suits. And I'm like, oh, like, do I have to do that? Too? You don't. You, well, you I know? mean, well, that's it. I mean, you always think, <clears throat> what am I not doing? Why have I not cracked the next ceiling or the yeah, next Yeah, that'll wall? never go away. Right? And it doesn't ever go away, sadly. But, um, but think about all sort of the normal looking dudes who are just kind of cute, like yourself. Uh, from yes. Portland, and uh, you heard that? You know, yeah, write that down. <laughs> Use it as a clip. Kind of uh, cute, <laughs> right? And don't don't go overboard, Jackie. Don't don't let it go to his head or anything. I'm quitting comedy right now. <laughs> right, you're just going to become a gigolo. I'm going to no. I'm just going to become a teddy bear on someone's bed. Yeah, I guess oh. that's like a gigolo. It's like a gigolo. Sure, there's hugging, and uh, the. Uh, yeah, but I mean, you just you think about all those guys, and the best example are the guys from Portland. Oh all yeah, those Portland dudes. Oh right, normal looking. I mean, are you kind of cute? Kind of cute, just not just kind of cute dudes, right? Like yeah. Ian Carmel. Yeah, oh yeah, Ron Funches, um, Bronger. Yeah, right. Um, yeah, it's N- now I know your type. Well, I, uh, my, my type uh, prior to my marriage was uh, a breathing. <laughs> I enjoy gentlemen. <laughs> yeah, thank you so much oh. um, for talking to me, sir. Um, that's very nice. Yeah, well, I've always, I have heard that a lot, and I, so I don't want to be a, a bum about it, like, oh, I have to be handsome and svelte in a suit, because I do hear from women a lot, like, Give me a break. You're fine. Because the pressure on women is way, 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 right. way you guys worse. Are, you, you guys, the pressure is just beginning. Welcome. Welcome to the shitty world of too many expectations. Right. Because it's coming. I mean, I think it's, it's come in, in my lifetime. I've, I've seen guys have to worry about their hair. Uh, like, I, I used to do this. You looked bit. at my bald head right I, when you said that. I looked at your crotch because I was thinking about <laughs> Is there hair on my crotch? There's hair on everyone's crotch once they uh, enter adulthood. But not... I used to do this bit about how no women under the age of 30 or any woman who wants to be thought of as under the age of 30 yeah. has any pubic hair anymore. Yeah. And I... Uh, that was my theory of why the bearded youth movement started. Uh, was because to nine- put hair down there. Yeah, guys were like, oh, I don't want to have sex with a nine-year-old. I'm going to bring it down myself. And I was like, That's we- amazing. It made me admire 19-year-old bearded youth movement dudes in 2002. The total bald down there is weird. It's creep factor. Um, as far as I, mean, I agree, I, I understand. But I'm the- not going to say my wife has hair down there, but she does. Well, and uh, I get <laughs> Sorry, it. Sorry, like, Kathleen. <laughs> oh, I said her name too. <laughs> Hey. I I get it because I mean we all like I I shave my legs and my armpits and I pluck my eyebrows yeah. and I do all the things and my mustache and all these things I eventually we're all just going to be hairless balloons <laughs> squeaking against each other because that is the nature we're heading in that direction I don't want to be like that well I yeah sometimes when I go swimming like I'm still 
still the guy like i have hair on my shoulders on my back and i'm like what is this the 70s but why do i have to think like that why can't it right. be now right it is it's now. weird how it's and like it turns out you're a, an adult man with hair as a secondary sex characteristic that's how it goes yeah yeah i just pictured you shaving your legs and then looking at the razor for a while and being like no, I can't. And throwing it out. <laughs> yeah. I have to tell you, um, I lied. I don't shave my legs because I have nine <laughs> hairs on each leg. Oh, really? I am not her suit. You're a all. lucky duck. I am a very lucky duck. They told me, um, I, I was at the doctor and they were like, you can't shave before this procedure thing, right? And I was like, okay, <laughs> not a problem. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, I have very little hair. But then even when they saw the, your legs, they were like, you shaved. No, they th- yeah, like, could have no. thought. And I was like, no, do you see that one long hair that's there? Because I have like nine hairs. Uh, <laughs> put a bead on it. You did know, you just, have a procedure done on your leg? I did not. Oh. I don't know why they... They uh, wanted your legs clean. Yeah, I had a... Um, I, I had a... Like, uh, I had some... Some women's work done. They had to get me up on the gurney and do a change the oil and stuff. So, uh, but they, uh, uh, I had a Pokemon oh my. in my uterus, <laughs> so they had to send a Pokeball. In. Get this thing out of yeah, here. Yeah, exactly. Catch them all. Well, I'm very glad to hear that um, you don't need to shave your legs. There you go. Now, that's what that's what podcasts are all about. <laughs> Too much information. <laughs> I love it though. I love because, yeah, we we don't we don't really know each other, and we right. we just met doing the festival thing and right um i could do whether my podcast had a theme or not it's such a fun way to like get to know yeah other comics and learn from them so yeah just this is to great. sit down for an hour and talk to people about stuff is fun. yeah i mean we are in a weird part of town in this city it's hard to walk around um gee oh. did should i not say that it's nice here no it, it's fine <laughs> We're in a weird little pocket, but Winnipeg is beautiful. Winnipeg is uh, parts of it are are gorgeous. Where I, we're doing I the fest, walk- where the shows are, is really beautiful. It's cool. Well, I walked over to um to the exchange, and everybody in Winnipeg kept saying, "Ah, oh, it used to be really dangerous over there." And I'm looking around, going, "Where? Where would it have been? Yeah, where would it have been dangerous?" Sometimes I wonder about that because I I've definitely felt danger in the dangerous neighborhoods in America more than Canada. So I feel like there's a Canadian version of danger. There's a, there's a Canadian version of danger. There's a rural, small-town version of danger. Right. You're like, oh, bad side of town. And, uh, and But I've lived in large cities most of my life, and I'm just like, well, I'm not planning on running naked down the street with money <laughs> taped to my ass. Yeah. Uh, and uh, I live a little <laughs> defensively, Right. With money taped to my shaved ass. To my shaved ass, because that's how a lady would do it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I guess I would have to wax my ass before I walk through a bad neighborhood nude. Um, <laughs> I food for thought. But, uh, okay, so now that we're talking about locations, it's kind of an easy way to seg into the topic, the topic. of the podcast. Sure. Um, have you given any thought of what your perfect utopian world could look like by any chance it could be anything doesn't even have to be right planet earth you could build from scratch or parallel universe yeah in a fictional universe yeah right? we could still all hang here but then well because you know uh utopias it, they always fall apart right i mean the communes and utopias uh, yeah uh, on a especially in all, all the fiction and then, like, like sex communes usually fall apart when the, when the dude is like, mm, I'm going to have all the young, beautiful women, and then you guys get whatever. Yeah. And uh, so that'll, that, that, that'll ruin everything. Sun Young Moon. It, uh, <laughs> yeah, damage yeah. issues. But, it's always just, it ends up being old uh, perverts. Yeah, it's, it's kind of old pervert dudes with, with a fair amount of charisma who are like, here's what's going to happen. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, you don't have to live with... Yeah. You don't have to feel uh, yeah, obliged to live with an old pervert in your right. utopia. <laughs> Please do not. And, uh, uh, but I, because I, 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 th- I have a pol- degree in political science, so I've studied sort of like the idea oh, of utopia. Oh, this is going to be good then. Well, or not, or worse. But uh, the, the idea of, of a political utopia, of course, is some sort of, I'm a bit of a, a nar- what I like to call that nobody understands is an anarchic uh, socialist where I wish everyone would choose to share. But I also know that that's not happening. Everyone isn't going to choose to share, and thus we must, must uh, legislate sharing. But if you, for- if you make everyone have no problem with sharing in your personal utopia, right? do you feel more like a despotic sort of 
being well, then? Like, is that your thing? Like, you don't even want to make the choice in your own imaginary version of in it? In my own imaginary version, do I have to make people? <laughs> make would, I, would I make people share? Yeah. No, I don't have a problem with that. Uh, I used to work with babies. And, uh, and you've got to make babies share. Yeah. And uh, nobody calls that socialism. When you're at the preschool and you're saying, well, you had the truck for five minutes. Now Billy's going to get the truck. Wow, you're right. Right. And nobody ever says socialists, goddamn commies. And uh, (laughs) looking at a baby, commie scum, (laughs) commie scum. (laughs) You were you you, you're being and there. And but for some reason, every every child in the world is taught to share. Right. You got to share your food. You got to share your toys. You got to share your space. Right. Yeah. Yeah. for some reason, a percentage of those people grow up to be uh, 35-year-old asshats who are like, I don't have to share. Why do I have to share? That's communism. That's socialism. Yeah. And like, where did you lose it? And it's That so is interesting. Weird. I wonder. What could we pinpoint? I don't know where the big switch is, but... Uh, but well, you know what it is. What? It's uh, even babies in the first year or two of their life, even though you're making them share in the nursery, some of them are stewing in their mind. Oh, they're stewing. When I have control, I am not giving up this truck. That's it. <laughs> this truck is going to be mine. Yeah. It's going to be all mine. So those people yeah. just wait patiently. That's what it is. <laughs> Until they can you, be you know dicks. What? You are correct. You are. Ex- that is exactly what... Because I have... We've all seen those toddlers. Yeah. They're like, fine. Yeah. But what's one that? day... <laughs> yeah, what's that glint in your eye? Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's the rage of a 32-year-old man. <laughs> That's what that is. <laughs> or woman. Uh, let's yeah. just make it so. And But yeah, that... Oh my gosh, that's... This exactly. is a great start. I love that. I love that you're schooled in this. You're going to be smarter about it than me. Except for that I'm going to take a quick left here and yeah. tell you that my utopia... Uh, would I would have a dragon. Why wouldn't I have... Do I get a dragon? There we go. <laughs> See? That's what I'm talking about. I want to ride a dragon. Yeah, the sociopolitical stuff, don't let it hold you down. Yeah, you ride that dragon. It's not going to hold me back. I would like a gold dragon from the Dragon Riders of Pern. But That's let me amazing. You, which, uh, but if I, if I get my... Problem is, is because the great, the great plot of the Dragon Riders of Pern, it's a... It's a... It's a... It, it's settled. We we find out in in book too many, right? Like it's one of these uh, bo- series that has too many books in the series. Oh, really? And uh, and you find out that Pern was settled by Earth, but then lost touch with um with the Federation or with the Empire or whoever the hell. Well, so they so, went rogue, rogue planet. Well, except for that they didn't. They just lost contact, and and, oh. uh, and the Federation thought that they were all dead. So they have been living for hundreds or thousands of years, right? Okay. By themselves, and they have more of a, a feudal system where uh, there's – and the sociopolitical uh, way of that life is feudal. It's middle it's, – it's dark ages-y in, in some cases yeah. because of the patriarchal s- structure and the amount of power that the landowner and the land is passed down from father to son and you know and if and if there isn't a son then there's like a dueling situation between cousins and whoever wins uh and then there's guilds and and all this world of warcraft kind of stuff so uh i'm okay. joking uh so the uh, <laughs> but so if if the if i lived in the dragon riders of pern well first of yeah. all i am a woman i would have no power except the only women who have any real power in the Dragon Riders of Pern ride gold dragons. They're and the, but how did they get to be the ones riding the gold dragons? The, the dragons pick them. I mean, you have to be picked by a dragon. Oh my god! I have so much anxiety about this land. <laughs> right, this land. <laughs> I'm putting this, myself in your position. I'm like, pick me in my head. Right, right. And there are dragon riders who are bred up in the in the weirs, and they, which is what, <laughs> which is what the cave system that uh, where dragons live, uh, and so dragons. They pick the boys that ride the other colors of dragons, and then they pick the girls who ride the the gold dragons. Wow. And, but so it would be really cool to live in the Dragon Riders of Pern, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But, but you a, would have to be golden dragon. You'd have to be a golden dragon. It's There's, a, there's an old saying, uh, I think from a different book I read, that was like, um, people from democratic republics don't mind aristocracies or monarchies as long as they get to be in the aristocracy. Yeah. Yeah. That completely makes sense. It completely. Well, we feel like that now. Like we're still we are the aristocracy yeah, of the we, earth. We don't feel like it because we're not like multi-billionaires 
in our land, mm-hmm. but we still walk by poor people all the time. Right. Uh, on our way to get fries. Right. We are. It <laughs> <laughs> sounds terrible. Well, but. it is terrible, but the, like I, I, was, I did a show at the Hamptons, which is the fancy place, Pan's Place out of New York. Yeah. Have you seen Royal Pains on USA? It's like that. No. Mixed with the Gilmore Girls. That stuff makes me so uncomfortable. Well, it's, it's, it's. It's essentially it's a it's a sign of it's not the top one percent right, well or not at the shows because I have a theory that uh, the one percent doesn't come to stand up comedy shows we're brought to them on the they box. wouldn't know how to relate in a million Elephants. years yeah if they want to see comedy we're brought to them and then they're like tell us your jokes and then go away and yeah. uh, no you cannot have any hors d'oeuvres <laughs> anyway so uh, and of course I'll that's tip, their version I'll of comedy you. is just saying no to us <laughs> while we get to stare at hors d'oeuvres oh and uh, but. But the whole the whole of North America, to some extent, Mexico even to some extent, is part of the five percent of the most richest people in the world. Yeah. I would say, and there are poor people, and there are people dying in the United States and in Mexico and in Canada, and but the fact that we are fat and happy at all make us five percent. You know, better than 95% of the rest of the damn planet. I know. My biggest problem, I always worry about that. My biggest problem is that um, I'm a little tubby because I eat foods I enjoy all the time. Can you imagine that <laughs> right. was your problem? That's your biggest problem? Yeah. Yeah, that is a that is a quality problem, as the kids say. Um, yeah. Oh, too much fun breakfast. food. Like, yeah. what a baby. Yeah. What a lucky baby. Uh, the thing <laughs> I wanted to ask before I lose it in my mind, because I sort of get distracted easily, is... In these in fantasy novel series, because I'm not a big fantasy guy, except I do go nuts for I love the, the Lord of the Rings movies and Game sure. of Thrones, but but yeah, I d- don't really go uh, deep but into those, the books. Yeah, those those movies are more action movies than than the right. The they don't build the worlds as yeah. much, and um, but so are most fantasy book series. By the sounds of it, a guy's excuse to take us back to his medieval. To his D and D game. Why is it always? Yeah, why is it always medieval fantasy? It isn't. Um, there is, you know, like well, there's some sci-fi right, stuff, right? Right. There's like Ian Banks writes this thing about a futuristic culture that's essentially just drones and and yeah. and, and AIs that are that are sentient. I like stuff like that. I read some sci. I read sci-fi more than fantasy. I should right, say. right. A little more sciencey, a little more futuristic, more in space. I love future dystopias and weird like mm-hmm. are robots real. Have you seen the sci-fi uh, the, or read the books, The Expanse? No. It's a it's a sort of a. I'm sort of a dip in and out. Right, L.A. Confidential. Um, it's a noir in space thing. It's pretty great. That's cool. Yeah, The Expanse and the science is good. Um, so I had a guy in the Dork Forest who was a he worked for Jet Propulsion Labs for NASA. Whoa. And he's an astrophysicist, and he loves Star Trek a great deal. And uh, but he was on, and he was talking about the Expanse and how he liked the. Science I think that's so it. cool how Star Trek really did influence so many people to try and build that world in our life. Right. Well, and science fiction does that, and I think to some extent all fiction does that. They help us know what we're aspiring to. Right? Well, they're already trying to build robots for lonely people. Uh, yeah, I think <laughs> was that I have a nice a way of putting robot that? somewhere around here that's been working out for me. And, uh, <laughs> and I was worried about doing this in my room. Okay, I just have a dirty exactly. dish. You, right? Why do you have dishes in your room? Uh, so I brought weird. them with me from oh, Toronto. From oh, from Toronto. Well, you travel with your own cutlery. Yeah, I cooked dinner, <laughs> put it in my suitcase, and ran to the airport. <laughs> uh, Okay, yeah, this is great. I love all this stuff we're talking about. Yeah, but it's, I mean, there's, here's what I, like, I I tend to read a lot of sort of marginalized literature, right? Like, uh, I grew up reading, like, westerns and Harlequin romances and Spencer for Hire novels and, um, like, Louis Lamour, like, Louis Lamour westerns and, and, and yeah. Harlequins and, and, um, and all of these sort of pulp mysteries, Dashiell Hammett. And oh wait, didn't Raymond wasn't Chandler. it you that when we bumped into you yesterday and Graham bought those like Flynn books? And yeah, the Fletch, the Fletch books. books and the yes. Flynn books. So yeah, read I read those, all too? the Fletch and Flynn books. Oh, cool. And they're they're they've been oh, they've always been marginalized. And science fiction is only very recently in the curriculum of any college. 
science yeah. fiction. And the same with mysteries. Dashiell Hammett and um, Raymond Chandler are now considered classics. Of and and the genre of mystery novels has got some sort of credibility, but it's incredibly recent, right? It's seventy years, fifty years. Yeah. And uh, romance novels, not a chance. Uh, but I read romance novels, and I'll read uh, comic <laughs> books. Yeah. And and comic books are gaining this sort of. Uh, the only thing, really, of all the things that I've mentioned are romance novels that people are like, no, no, that's still crap. And uh, But there's <laughs> all of that stuff is crap. Yeah. But it's all crap that I love. If you look at comic books and romance novels and um, and sort of like murder mystery kind of stuff, the greatest thing about them, it's like stand-up comedy for me, is that they can be about anything. Yeah. If you've read comic books at all, they can be... They can be the, the biggest sad sack fucking thing in the world. They could be a vigilante thing. Have you read Saga? Yeah, I read Saga. Brian K. Vaughn. Are you reading Paper Girls? Uh, no, also just Saga. Well. I should check it out. But yeah. I like. But 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 he put in Saga what you're sort of talking about. What I like about sci-fi, but what you're saying about the romance novel is remember that guy, the author, created the romance novel, yep. but it was littered with subversive ideas. They all are. I and love that. It's awesome. And it's I like actually stand-up. think as a real society, we're, we don't know how lucky we are that all of our sci-fi, a lot of our sci-fi is littered with, like, it could be in any other like repressive society, these would be the most subversive things ever because they're all about look how you could be controlled and dominated very soon from now. Right. But if you read all science fiction and like, uh, you know, the Hugos got taken over by the alt-right last year or something. The neo-Nazi kind of super right-wing. Oh, right. They were like, Oh, it's an open voting thing. Oh, well let's get, because with science fiction, with all of these, these mass produced paperbacks, the message can be anything. It can be a left-wing message. It can be a subversive, Hey, be nice to people with down syndrome, or it can be this weird (laughs) right-wing message of, Oh, did you know? That people with too much melanin are actually uh, should be buried head first in the sand and have their feet painted with honey. Right. Uh, it's it, up to the author. It's entirely <laughs> up to the author. Yeah. And both every every range of that is is there. And the fact that they're separated into like there's a, the used bookstore I went to the one that you guys got those Fletch books. Yeah. And. Like those Fletch books are super quippy, right? They're. Um, I don't know. I'm just a fan did of the, you movie. See the movie. Yeah. Yeah. So the movie kept all I've those. I've seen the movie like a hundred times. Yeah. Right, because it was you have cable, and uh, <laughs> but it, the the movie captures that sort of irreverent, sarcastic, underdog quip kind of style, right? Yeah. And the books have that. But, you know, sometimes those books will also be like. Do you ever see the TV show Leverage? I've never seen it. Whatever, but it's it, it, <laughs> Fletch was kind of like that, where he was an investigative journalist, yeah, and so he would pull the covers back from some corporation that was taking advantage of the little guy, and that was Fletch's thing, and he yeah. was he was a little Robin Hoodie, and so a lot of those, um, you know, like what people like about the Punisher is that he is judge, jury, and executioner, yeah, and he is almost never wrong. Do you find, like, especially, are you watching the Daredevil Netflix series? I've seen the first season. I haven't seen the second. Okay. But so I find, especially, like, the, they're still making the Punisher the way he was in the 80s, which mm-hmm. in 80s was, like, super Reagan, like, guns yeah. rule era. Mm-hmm. But I find it really uncomfortable to watch now because of... I never read... I don't read Punisher because he's super depressing. It's really uncomfortable. Like, yeah. he literally is just a vigilante blowing people away with guns and that's the scariest part of America right now. <laughs> right, right. And it's this. That's, but he's a hero. I'm to, a huge fan of due process. So that's why I do not enjoy yeah. the Punisher. But I get. You know, I saw the first Avengers movie, was when I finally understood why people, most of the guys I know, a lot or a good handful, love the Hulk. Oh, and yeah. And they love the Hulk because they. It's when Mark Ruffalo. When the Hulk says, my secret is, is I'm always angry. And yeah. he turned around and he walked and he turned into the Hulk. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I get it. Uh, my buddies who love the Hulk are always angry and are constantly fighting to stay Bruce Banner. I totally, man, because 
yeah, some of the main things I grew up like really relating to mm-hmm. was like, uh, you know, the Wolfman. Oh yeah, Incredible Hulk mm-hmm. and like King Kong, and I'm like, why am I so attracted to these type of stories all the time? And because I, I think I did pinpoint it to like, I feel like I'm always suppressed in society. You have to suppress the beast within, right? And, always. And, <laughs> and these things are the like, they're just letting loose, and they wreak havoc, and it's terrible. But there's right. still something freeing about being able to be the beast, right? When you get to watch someone actually lose their shit it's like uh the michael douglas uh falling down movie yeah you're like oh i see why you know and it's it's in the united states there is the black lives matter uh movement right and it is there's this whole thing where people who don't uh and i and i don't claim to get it right but i can see something in the fact that because there are there are, there are right wing just banana heads, man. Fucking people, without who aren't either thinking it through or they're refusing to th- see it. Yeah. Where one of the arguments is is when there is an injustice uh, against uh, a person of color, the the neighborhood where many of those people live will blow up, and there will be a riot, and they'll uh, burn their own. Uh, neighborhoods down yeah and people be like what this dumbest thing why would they burn their own stuff down i was like you know when you're driving and you're because we've driven them mad because that's craziness yeah you ever have a temper tantrum and you pick up your own watch and whip it against the wall yeah or you punch the wall um that's because you've gone mad that's insanity there's nothing sane about breaking your own shit right yeah and it just means that we've driven an entire group of people crazy. Yeah. Where they're like, yeah, let's all go trash the one grocery store we have in this neighborhood. And you're like, oh, shit. And nobody's addressing that at all. They've know? actually, yeah, what those ignorant people don't understand is they've been not only their back to the wall then, but they've been patiently standing with their back to the wall for way Decades, too long. Yeah, hundreds of way years. Too long. They're yeah. like literally backed into... I yeah. mean, if you think about like road rage, right? Is Sometimes I lose my temper in my car. And, uh, yeah. and I try not to. What's and, the worst uh, thing you've done? I chased an old woman. It's not okay. I'm not the <laughs> On hero. On foot or in uh, the car? In the car. I am not the hero of that story. <laughs> and, Was uh, she in a car? Yeah. Okay, good. I ch- and guess what? You chase the elderly, you catch the elderly. They're not going very fast. Oh my God. And I got out of my car. She had pulled over. And she was sitting, and I get out of my car to yell at her, and she was sitting in her locked vehicle, because she had locked her vehicle as crazy Jackie Cation walked up to her vehicle window and started yelling at her, and all she let me yell, and then she went, get some help. And then you know what I did? I got some help, because <laughs> I have anger, you know? Wow. But if you think about when you drive... Do you admire that lady? I admire that lady. I do not admire myself. I am not... That's that what it, I mean. Yeah. Yeah. In because that, that, in that situation... A... A lot of people wouldn't take that moment with well, a crazy person. Well, right. I mean, she she handled it so sane. She was just like, "What are you doing?" With age comes wisdom. Take a moment, right? But uh, I, I am not. Did she say it like this? Get some help, child. <laughs> Uh, no, I think she had a nice, strong, old lady voice. Oh, and, uh, <laughs> oh that's, how it w- that's how it would have gone in my improv class. <laughs> Get some help, child. Uh, baby, baby, you don't know what you're doing. Get some help. <laughs> you're like, yes, you're correct, madam. And uh, yeah, so the whole thing. So when I think about a utopia, yeah. I know that, first of all, it's... Wow, you really expertly brought that back that's amazing oh yeah sure uh but the uh <laughs> sorry but, to inter- but, no, i just <laughs> unexpertly interrupted sorry but i do i think that it's i i live i'm relatively pragmatic i guess and i know that every utopia i've ever come up with is going to be flawed i've read too much dystopian future stuff you ever read the giver with no, the, it's the it's the kid the the whole town that can't see they can only see black and white except for the one guy who feels everybody's pain. Is Pleasantville based on that? Uh, no, but uh, Pleasantville did they rip it is, off? <laughs> uh, I think the Giver might have been written after Pleasantville, uh, so maybe who knows? The Giver is like one of those books that every thirteen year old has to read now because they're not just not depressed enough. <laughs> Remember, we had to read like a separate piece, or I don't know if you. Well, I read some depressing stuff. In That's what teens highs? like. 
No. <laughs> No, or that's what we maybe insi- we make them read To Kill a Mockingbird. We make them read. But um, I do remember reading Brave New World and and stuff like that. And there is a part about being an angsty teen where you're like, you want to be the hero that tells everyone like, no, yeah. you're doing it wrong. Yep. So I do feel like we... Catcher in the Rye is that guy. Yeah, Ferris that's why. Ferris Bueller's Day Off is that guy. Yeah, if you read Catcher in the Rye as an adult, it feels weird. Oh, it just You just want to go, shut up. Yeah, sure. you, wanna, you know who's a phony? You are. You're a phony, you <laughs> little shit. And uh, have you tried to watch Ferris Bueller's Day Off? Not, All I, I, I just, love it, but not... If you not. watch it, you're just like, why? Just go to school. The hell is your problem? <laughs> that isn't your car. Don't borrow that car. I always wondered why John Hughes was so interested in that stuff. I don't know. It's pretty crazy. Well, he, I mean, I think we all like a coming of age story. Yeah. You know, there's beautiful coming. Breakfast he was great Club, at them. Those... Breakfast Club, I think, is my favorite of all of that. Yeah. Um, just because it, it examines it better. Sixteen Candles has parts of it that I like. Yeah. Um, it's a messier Those movie. Those are the three that I remember. There's probably two more. There's uh, Pretty in Pink. Pretty in Pink. Oh, which I didn't. And then didn't he make That's the one Saint I've seen the least. Fire? Did he? Or, or someone else did. Or someone else did but with the same Brat Pack? Yeah. Yeah. I remember that being a disaster. He had, he was good, but then he kept getting... He moved into kids and then babies. Right. Home Alone baby and butter? then Baby at a Zoo or something. Oh, di- oh, di- oh was that him? Baby talking to or... <laughs> Who's talking at the... Who, look, the Who's letting the baby talk? <laughs> Why is the baby talking like a person? How weird is that? That should be the name of the Bat movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Why am I watching this baby talk? That's what the movie was. But there's all these movies that, uh, you know, where there's... You know, I, I, I believe in the rule of law, and I believe that, that there should be due process. And, and, and I think that that having... It being standardized across people, it is, if it were enforced, that would be my utopia, you know? But you're watching this from the Golden Dragon. Oh, oh my God. Gold, up high, up high. Yeah. I am actually, I think my life is sitting on a Golden Dragon uh, to some extent because I'm doing stand-up. I'm in a pretty rarefied air. That's nice. That's a nice thing to say. It's well because my life is. I mean, we are lucky. So, I mean, if you look at it, look at my sweet, sweet life. It's yeah, pretty, you have two beds in this hotel room. I, you know, they only have baths if there are two beds now. Oh, you needed rooms. a bath? Yeah, I only bathe. Me and the Japanese, uh, <laughs> as a people. <laughs> do uh, do Japanese girls come in here and wash you? Uh, no, they. Uh, that is, that is not a porn. <laughs> <laughs> It all is, right all right if it's gotta be and uh, i like baths too but uh being a man in a bath feels weird it's like there's a stigma to it but then also i'm bigger than most bathtubs so well, you, my my it's mostly my bum that's in the bathtub and everything else is cold we're about the same size man you should we're, look at this you should look at this bath it's a perfectly good bathtub i do like a good deep bathtub good deep bath i'll tell you this uh the reason i started taking baths was for a dumb reason uh but the what I use it for now is it's the only time that I slow down. Like I, if I take uh, a shower, I take a five ten minute shower. Yeah, there Max. were times like uh, actually I should say my wife and I just moved into a place where we there's two bathtubs, so we can have a bath at the same time and oh, wow. yell at each other like, "Is this nice?" <laughs> but when I first started getting into bath again, because I've only had a shower for most of my life. Uh, I was putting music on and stuff, and then it was too like no, no, I I can't even have music. You're you're right. sort of right. You need to it, like just quiet stop. and just the noise of the water. <laughs> well, just I like, I sometimes I read you know like some crap oh, yeah. novel. Um, uh, my mother in law gave me two Bones novels, the TV show Bones. They were books before they were um, TV show. Yeah, uh, they are uh, just okay turns out but they're fine <laughs> they're I, I see what you're doing uh the, the one i finished here was essentially just about injustice in guatemala and tempe uh T- tempe brennan is the name of the main character yeah she goes down and gets pushed around a lot and then there's a guy that helps her out and she pushes a guy uh, other people anyway so it's, yeah yeah that sounds fun you read a lot i uh yeah i spent a fair amount of time if you know a book is crap though how could you? How come you finish it? 
I don't always. Okay. Uh, recently, you I've, do put some down. Yeah, I've taken to just going. Oh, life is too precious <laughs> for me to finish this bullshit. And you know what I'm trying to finally read now? Hmm. Crime and Punishment. Right. Sometimes I try to read the classics. I'll go to the class. Um, I'm. I didn't bring it this time, but I've been trying to reread Federalist Papers. How are you doing on Crime and Punishment? Well, I just started. Okay. But um, I did start it when I was way younger. And I realized uh, when I was younger, it was stressing me out to the max. Mm-hmm. But now that I'm older, I and I live in a world of dread and anxiety <laughs> for no reason, maybe. Um, I see how funny Dostoevsky is. Oh, there you go. The dark... Like I and, I and I was reading Anton Chekhov a lot last year. Okay. So I'm really excited now about understanding the dark humor of Russian of the literature. Russian literature. Yeah, I and mean, it's dark no matter what. But sometimes the the humor is the funniest ever. I've tried two classics that I've tried to read in the last. Well, one was probably five or six years ago, and it was Don Quixote, and yeah. I didn't finish it. I didn't either because I was like most of this. Is just reminding me of Looney Tunes gags, right? And <laughs> so it was funny, but it was real slapsticky. Yeah, and it was a goof. And yeah, it um, really reminded like he's Daffy Duck, basically, right? <laughs> and you would, but the writing is so dense yeah. and so beautifully written that you can't skim it. You're like, well, just get me to the Acme Company and the, <laughs> you know, the Anvil and the, you know, yeah. And but no, you're right. The, the writing's amazing. The writing's amazing. So I got bogged down, and I was like, I. Ah, 180 pages into a 500 page book i was like i guess i'm i guess i'm done i did that with um that but also three musketeers oh yeah i did it with moby dick too well uh, i had been assigned moby dick in school read the cliff notes never finished it interesting. just tried to pick it up again because it's one of my brother's favorite books and it's also sarah vowell's favorite book and i love sarah vowell who's that i don't uh, know who that like is the, um the the lesser known version of David Sedaris, if you know. Oh, yeah. So yeah. she she is a spoken word, and she tends to write about history and essays about about. Cool, uh, good uh, shout out to her. And yeah. my wife loves Sedaris, so I'll tell her. Yeah, she would love. She probably already knows. She might know her. Want to hear what a ding dong I am? Hmm. For years, I was mad at Moby Dick because I was like, "Yeah, but we whales don't eat people. We know that now. What the hell?" But then someone. Uh, was like, yeah, but it's not about the whale eating people in the book. And I'm like, well, what about Ahab's leg? And they were like, eh, it was just... The- it was in the way. It was in the way. Yeah. And I was like, oh, so now I'm rejuvenated like I should like it again. Well, I'll tell you this, is that you, it can't be... Um, remember that old joke about the pig that saves the farmer? Mm. The three-legged pig that saves the farmer? No, then, say it here. Well, uh, <laughs> here's the shortest of all versions of this crazy joke about a f- uh, salesman, farmer, three-legged pig. Uh, hey, you got a three-legged pig. Uh, farmer's like, yeah, you know, that pig is amazing. He saved my whole family's life. Uh, the house was on fire, came in and roused us and got us out. And then, like, two other things, right? Save the crops, save the barn, whatever. And... Um, the salesman finally says, how did he lose his leg? He said, well, you can't eat a pig all, like that all at once. <laughs> <laughs> That's the punchline. It is one of my favorite jokes of all day. This is yeah. the dumbest fucking joke. <laughs> I have one like that. Um, Let's hear it. It's the it's the clown one where the guy loves the clown so much. He loves the circus. Oh, yeah? Goes to see the clown uh, in his town. Finally, the circus comes, buys a ticket to the clown, sits fourth row, middle seat. Clown's amazing. Killing. Halfway through the set, he set. I still yeah, call yeah. it a set because I'm a comedian now. But halfway through the act, he points at the guy, fourth row middle seat, and goes, You, your face looks like a horse's ass. The guy stands up, embarrassed, humiliated, darts out. Then he's fuming for the rest of his years. He goes to a school about for quick wit and retort, practices all like does all the <laughs> years, all the courses, gets amazing. No one can put him down. Still doesn't feel good enough. Goes and takes secondary college courses of quick wit and retort you know maximum still doesn't think goes to the east studies with a sensei in the mountains (laughs) now he's like super perfect zen no one can put him down you you try to diss him he's got you so he goes back to his town he's a master of quick wit and retort the clown the circus comes back to town he's psyched he goes sure enough same clown sits fourth row middle seat comes out does the same act 
halfway through, stops, points right at him, mm-hmm. and goes, "You, your face looks like a horse's ass." And the guy stands up and goes, "Yeah, well, fuck you, clown." <laughs> That's the whole punchline. <laughs> Yeah. Oh my God. And you really belabor the beginning, right? No, and that well, that's one of those things where uh, that's one of those shaggy dog stories where you, if you can tell that story for like forty five minutes, yeah, and make the person sit through all the things, the machinations <laughs> that the the character goes through to have a have a good retort, and then at the yeah. end of it, it's a fuck you. There was <laughs> I got trapped in a car and a job going door to door, and we would drive out like an hour and a half. They drop us off at the country road or wherever. And uh, then they pick us back up and go back. One night, uh, one of the other uh, canvassers, one of the other uh, people going door to door, uh, was telling me a joke. And he made it last like 40 minutes. <laughs> and I just politely just was like, uh-huh, uh-huh. And it was just – and the punchline was something like, horses can't talk. And the entire joke had been <laughs> about this dog telling this story, talking. Yeah. And I genuinely, I wanted to push him out of the car. I was just like, <laughs> I can't believe you made me sit through that for <laughs> Crazy film. Yeah. I've I sworn. Th- is, do, does your show have swearing? Um, oh, yeah. It does fuck, now. Fuck yeah. yeah. There you go. Um, I, yeah, I heard that clown joke when I was nine at camp, mm-hmm. and it changed my life. Because <laughs> I was like, oh, you can do that? Right. You, it's like the first meta joke I ever heard. Right. Oh, that's hilarious. Yeah. Well, we should wrap it up, but yeah. do you feel like you're uh, relaxed? I, right now, I yeah. just see a world full of bathtubs, justice, and dragons. That's it. That is <laughs> it. Oh, my God. That's a good world. How and bad you, is that world? That's a good world. And if everyone's taking care of themselves with like a perfect justice system, and they all have like empathy and stuff, mm-hmm. uh, you don't have to do much. You deserve a bath. Yeah, you, you're in the bath, or you're on the dragon. You don't have to do much. You no. actually don't have to get tangled up with them. No, you can you soar above them. On your golden dragon, Ramoth. Anyway. <laughs> That's perfect. Well, did you have fun coming on? I did have fun. Thank you so much for having me on. All right, everyone. That was Jackie Cation. Jackie, thanks so much for coming on again. It was so much fun having you. And it was a blast. And everybody, check her. You know what? I just realized. Oh, follow her first on Twitter, at Jackie Cation. All right? Get all the updates. Uh, she's amazing, always on tour. But I just realized this episode's coming out now during JFL 42. She's here in Toronto. If you're listening to this here, I think she has a couple shows for JFL 42. So keep an eye out for that. Also, check out her podcast, uh, Dork Forest, The Dork Forest. Uh, and then she has a new podcast on, on uh, Nerdist called Jackie and Laura. And uh, check that out too. Uh, so that was the best. Jackie Cation, thanks again. And also, uh, you guys, thanks for checking in. Follow me at Utopia to Me. <clears throat> and sorry, keep telling people about it because it's the best, right? Aren't you having so much fun? 65 episodes in, and we keep getting more and more listeners, more shout-outs, and it's very nice. Still, let's get some Twitter followers, though. At least make me feel like a bit better of a human being. I feel worthless. My cat's looking at me right now and being like, you're nothing. Oh, give me a break. I feed you. <laughs> me and the cat are having a good back and forth right now. Follow me, too, at Chris Lock Fun because I got things. I'm, gonna, I'm doing shows. If you're hearing this today, as the episode comes out, I'm at the uh, Laugh Sabbath JFL 42 show tonight at the Comedy Bar, and then I'm racing to open for the Dana Gould at uh, the Rivoli. That's tonight. That's September 22nd. Otherwise, I'll be around town uh, for this festival, dipping in and out of shows and just going to check stuff out. Always go check out JFO 42 shows. Super fun. And then, but check this out. This is the meat. All right. October 11th at the Drake underground is my album. My second album release show. Yep. I've recorded two independent albums. This one's called demons are eating my head and it's really crazy. And the standup, I think it's just an insane, it captures an insane show of me going through an insane time after my baby was just born and demons are eating my head. And that's at uh, Drake Underground, October 11th. And that's a huge lineup of fun comedians. So there you go, man. This is episode 65, wrap for done. Thanks so much for listening. Hey, if you're out there looking up at me, go take off, man. Have fun. Enjoy your life. If you're in a tree, you're hanging on a branch staring at me through a window, give me some privacy, please. But also enjoy yourself. <laughs> Don't fall. You know what I mean? But keep hugging those trees. Love everything. The sun is shining somewhere, right? That's the expression. You guys are the best. Thanks so much. Bye.
Thank <laughs> you.